0: Welcome back everyone, Carl Rutman here with the Tix Village, Tix Village podcast. So, I'm not sure if everyone is aware, but May is considered Africa month. So the month of May commemorates the first, union of the, Af- well, the first union of the African countries back in 1963, now known as the African Union. Africa, Africa Day, celebrated on the 25th of May, celebrates the history of the continent, the heritage, the culture, as well as the progress the AU has made thus far. The AU also uses this day as a platform to highlight pertinent issues which impact the the lives of ordinary Africans on a daily basis. In recent years, the AU has embarked on various initiatives focused on protecting and conserving the African Union, or the African environment, economy and human rights of its people. Because it's Africa Month, I thought that today's today's episode should be an Africa-themed podcast, and because it's an Africa-themed podcast, I couldn't think of a better guest than the Vice-Chancellor himself, Professor Tuana Cooper. How are you today, Professor? Fine, I'm good, it's Friday, so it's <laughs> Friday. Love Fridays. Yeah. So, just for the normal UP students, everyone knows Professor Tuana Cooper, aka Prof. Kupe as the Vice-Chancellor and the Principal of the University of Pretoria. However, Prof. Cooper is involved in far more than just this. Prof. Cooper also volunteers as the Chairman of the Board of the Media Monitoring Africa of Media Monitoring Africa, the chairman of the Amabungane Centre for African Journalism, the co-president of the Australia-Africa University Network and a member of Kairos, which is a global network for education, innovation and transformation. These are mainly a few positions held by Prof. Coupe. Um, I would have to record a whole separate e- episode. Yeah, yeah <laughs> did that. Yeah, so
1: Amabungane is a Centre for Investigative Journalism. Oh, my that's mistake, sorry. News. No, 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 it's correct, but it's, it's important to say investigative journalism because that's what's leaking in the media in general. Okay. So we were central very much to uh, the early articles that led to investigations of state capture. Oh wow, that's so interesting. We participated in the exposure of the Gupta Leaks image. Oh my gosh,
0: I'm learning something new every day. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, before we take a bit of a deeper dive into our conversation, into our discussion, I thought maybe we get to know who you are, but more as a person. Just like a few casual questions, nothing yeah, too sure. serious. Go ahead, yeah. So, the first question I'm sure every varsity student really wants to know is what does the vice chancellor do? Maybe in like 30 seconds, could you give us a rundown? Oh,
1: okay. So, my role, I'm like the chief executive. If this was a company, i will be the chief executive. So I'm responsible for managing the university. In relation to its finances, obviously, yes, I'm the guy that wants fees from you (laughs) (laughs) in order to then hire lecturers. So I'm responsible also for hiring deans, deans of your faculties, my executive members. The general administration of the university, you will see me at graduation, conferring degrees with the chancellor. I'm also responsible for fundraising getting extra money for bursaries, scholarships, infrastructure in the university. So, if you like, general management. Okay. So, I'm the boss. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting.
0: Um, and then... What do you drink in the morning when you wake up? Are you a tea Water. or coffee person? Water, Water,
1: then followed by rooibos tea. I'm, I'm a tea person, I'm not a coffee person. Well, oh, that makes two of us. Occasionally, I have a cappuccino, but that's a perhaps once in three months. <laughs> but otherwise, my for me, it's rooibos, no milk, no sugar. No milk, no sugar. I put no anything sugar. in rooibos, maybe a bit of honey and lemon.
0: Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. And then my colleagues have forced me to ask this. Yeah. Um, what do you watch
1: on Netflix? Are you a Bridgerton fan? Absolutely, Bridgerton fan. I'm up to date. I've finished both seasons. <laughs> and one of the things that I found amusing was, uh, you know, the main character, uh, how the siblings call him, brother. Oh, that's so cool.
0: So let's dive a little bit deeper into our conversation. So Prof, in our introduction we saw that the the AU has set some very ambitious goals for themselves.
1: Yeah. Um, What role does UP play in this bigger picture? Yeah, no, a very big role. So um, the AU has this thing called Agenda 2063. By the way, the AU was created the year I was born. Oh, wow. So I'm the quintessential African Unionist. (laughs) Also, previously, it was called the Organization of African Unit. When it was created when I was born, a few months earlier, I think, it was also called the Africa Liberation Committee. So its role then was to fight, you know, the colonialists—the French, the Portuguese, and the British—and the Italians to liberate the continent politically, if you like. But now its agenda 2063 is really much broader. It's about, you know, promoting, defending, and sustaining human rights. Economic liberation now is key to its agenda because the political liberation was achieved, and also sustainability in relation to the climate crisis and climate emergence equity, social justice, and all of that. So where do we come in there? In multiple ways. We're an educational institution. To achieve all of the things that the EU wants to do, it requires an educated and skilled population. What do we do? We educate and (laughs) skill people in large numbers. Africa is, if you like, undereducated and underskilled. So, for example, let me give you one example. In Europe, China, the U.S., it's one person per 300 engineers or so for us it's a thousand more one engineer to three thousand people we need more engineers we need more doctors we need more teachers we need more accountants we need more agriculturists. we need more well-skilled farmers and all of that and the new jobs that we don't even know. Some we know, you know, data analysts and all of that. People working in robotics, artificial intelligence. So the A, the UP is at the center. That is why we called, I called UP, and we should now we are now all calling UP the African Global University. Just put it this way: if you didn't have if you, if if UP is not successful and does is not doing what it does, the AU's ambitions will not come to naught. Of course, it's not UP only. UP will be one among many other African universities. So we are right there in the middle of what the AU wants to do. Oh wow, I didn't think of
0: it in that way. That's such <laughs> yeah. a broader sense than what I was expecting. Yeah, It's, okay. it's so cool. Um, so as an international scholar, an influencer dweller, what is, are there any lessons that you would like to share with us that might inspire us to
1: see Africa through the right lens? Yeah, so, well, I think the first thing is, especially here in South Africa, we often don't realise it. We are part of the African continent. If the African continent fails, we fail. After all, people don't realise we are the only country on the continent that in its name carries the name Africa. We are South Africa. we <laughs> are the country, that's it. We are not any other name that's exclusive. We are Africa. We're just south of it. Okay. Right. So so and and, and 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 therefore, African integration, trade, economic relations, and all of that are very important to 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 to, to, to South Africa's success and to Africa's success because we are the most industrialized economy, we have the most developed financial sector and many other things. But we are not the largest in terms of population. Nigeria is far much larger than us, Mm. and Egypt I think is far much larger than us, and and a couple of more countries, the DRC perhaps. So even if we produce more and we could sell more to each other as South Africans, it would not be enough. We need inter-Africa trade. That is why we are part of the African free trade area, to reduce the trade barriers, the stupid colonial laws that were left that prevent us from from. From trading with each other, because if South Africa can sell its goods and services across the continent and vice versa, then we have a big. We are 1.3 billion people. We are the la- fastest growing population in the world. By 2100, will be a third of the whole world. Wow! Right, and also we have the youngest population. So, so we unlike uh, populations that are not China. They are not growing. In Europe, it's an aging population, and so on. The future of the world depends on Africa, in, on, on Africa. And the future of Africa, the South Africa therefore must embrace its role as part of this uh, the rising new giant in the world. Africa rising is the story. That's really cool. Um,
0: so you speak about like us being a very young population. Uh, What do you see, um, like young South Africans, young scholars, what influence can they have around the globe coming in the future?
1: Yeah, I think they should see these opportunities that I just mentioned. We have lots of challenges even here in South Africa, youth unemployment, so it it looks bleak for young people. So what South Africa needs to do is to give the resources necessary. Part of it is giving you a good, high quality education, which we do at UP. Uh, um, uh, 97% of our graduates here get a job six months after graduation, some well before that, uh, uh, as you know. Then the other uh, uh, 3% or so come back to do postgraduate education. So what do you need to do to be influencers and to grab the future and to be part of the future? Look not only at the challenges, or turn your challenges into opportunities. Have a long view of life, not just the trouble you might have today. Because, as I said, we're part of a a continent that is growing. Remember, Africa is also rich in natural resources. Mm. It might be our economies might be poor, and we might have some of the poorest countries in the world. But we don't lack for. Human resources, we are a growing population, not an aging population. We don't lack for natural resources. Mention any mineral, you will find it in Africa, and you won't find it elsewhere. I did my PhD at the University of Oslo in Norway. Norway is nothing really, except oil, which is we should no longer do going forward because of the climate crisis, and a bit of fishing. Otherwise, it's a, an arid country that has to import everything. We have all the minerals you can think of, both the ones that we should stop mining, but the ones that we should continue mining in a sustainable way. Mm. So if I was a young African, I was like, yeah, I'm part of the future and not the past. And so what do I need to do? I need to learn all I can learn. And I need to have a critical, curious mind. I need not to be a village person. I don't think myself of only as a South African. That's limiting. I need to think of myself as an African, who's engaging with the rest of the world. That is why UP is the African Global University. (laughs) We are part of a continent, we are a continental, where a South African University is, this is our route, but being part of a larger thing called Africa that's growing, then being part of the world from that position of strength. So that's, so the new South African or the new African is a global player and is not a local village beat player. Leave that to the Europeans, the Americans, <laughs> the Asians, and so yeah. uh, From what, what When acts? you come to, Af- to to the world, if you come from Mars, if there are people there, they come to, to, uh, to, 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 to the world, to Earth in 2100, they find that Africans are in charge. Very big possibility. Yeah, because just numbers then taking advantage of the opportunities. That is why at UP we have 56,600 students. We should be more if we uh, money allowing, buildings allowing, lecturers allowing, because we will need to be running the world. So the goal is
0: for UP to run the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to
0: me, it sounds like there's so many opportunities for us here in South Africa, and like students just need to speak to, to yes, take the, in to South South the opportunity in and, South
1: Africa and our continent more broadly. Yeah. Mm. It's not just in South Africa, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay um and i heard you speak about saying that you got your uh what what degree did you get from oslo
1: a phd in media studies your phd
0: could you maybe highlight some of your experiences from studying abroad maybe contrast that to what
1: you saw here maybe yeah no no it was great studying there i mean now is a rich country so as a phd student i had an office like my supervisor the professor in fact, my office was between two professors. Wow! Yeah, who were much older than me. Everything—a television set in the office. I had a copycat that could copy a thousand pages, and I had, um, you know, an Apple computer on my desk and all of that. Yeah, it was great. And also, different country, you meet different people from different parts of the world. I also learned how to ski, you know, okay. eat different foods and all of that. It just opens your mind, which is what Africans. This is what's we as South Africans and Africans in general, we need to broaden our mind and see not just our you know horizon as South Africa. And some people go even further, it's just where they live, whether it's Goteng, Cape Town, or whatever, that's small compared to the rest of the continent and the rest of the world. So it opened up my mind that basically the world is your oyster if you take advantage of the opportunities. Okay, that's very powerful. Yeah. Um, So I think
0: we have touched on this slightly, but uh, what future is there for future African scholars to create waves around the world? And do you think it's going to be easier for them going forward to create waves?
1: We already at UP have many scholars that are ranked in the top 1% in the world. But what they do, the the way to do that is, which is what I spend quite a lot of uh, my time doing, In fact, later tonight, I'm jumping onto an aeroplane and going to Switzerland and the UK. That's where I'll be working from next week. Why? To create partnerships and collaborations with other universities. When you work with other people around the world, you're able to compare, do peer sharing, sharpen your own thoughts, contribute to them. Lots of UP professors are already doing that. And that is why you can see that UP is rising on their rankings. So for example, in the Times Higher Education Impact Rankings, which measures what impact the education you provide, the research you do, and the social engagement you do changes things on the ground. UP came, joint second in South Africa will be number one next year. (laughs) Joint third in Africa will be number one next year. But you don't do that by hanging around here in in Heightfield. You do that by engaging with others on the continent and other continents and around the world. So UP is now huge partnerships with New York University, NYU, which is one of the top universities in the world and in the U.S. Cornell University, one of the Ivy League universities. Michigan State University and many others in the U.S. That's just the U.S. Next week, I'm arriving at Bristol to do the same deal. We are partners with Leeds already. I, two months ago, I was at Cambridge University. We are working on a deal now. We're talking also to Oxford on the side. and We're talking to all of these universities. I'm president of the... Uh, the co president of the Africa Australia University Network. 15 universities in Australia, 15 in Africa. And I'm the co president together with my Australian counterpart. I'm the president of the Af- uh, uh, Africa Alliance Partnership, which is Michigan State University in the US and 10 African universities. And so it goes. And that is what we are going to be. We are not, Hatfield is our home, right? However, the world is our oyster. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like we're putting Hatfield on the map. Yeah, Very absolutely, brilliant. yes, yeah. Um, and that's so what you do, so, so that way, uh, eventually when all of this is going working well, I would like UP students to take a semester. Some, some do. In engineering, some students spend a semester or even a year at MIT. We have a partnership with MIT. Wow. I want every UP student to be able to go abroad for a semester or for a quarter and just study there as a UP student and come back. Just like sometimes you see Americans do. Mm. So I'm busy working on those kinds of deals. So that you know, you graduate from UP, you can tell people, you know, in the three, four years I was at UP. First year I went to NYU. Second year I went to Leeds. Third year I went to Melbourne in Australia. And then I graduated. That sounds like there's exciting opportunities coming for UP students in the future. Yes, but we have to we have to stop thinking like villagers from Hetfield. We have to <laughs> think about Hetfield as the quarters of UP's global empire. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you, you speak about um, our students, the UP students, having a big impact all, all across the world. Are there any like, specific stories that you would love to share? Tatiana marker. She went. point there. That, uh, that,
1: that, that speaks for it. Do I need to say more? So, a UP student studying in Hatfield, in a swimming pool at Hatfield, which is a little shorter than the Olympic swimming pool. That's where she was practicing. But she went on to get Olympic gold. That's UP students compete, others didn't get gold, but they were competing in the Olympics. Show me a Steinberg student who was at the Olympics. (laughs) Show me a big student that was in the Olympics. Show me a UK Zeton, a student that got to the Olympics. There are none. There are none. But UP students? UP students are there. Let's talk, uh, so, so, so all of that, uh, 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 Akane Simbini, he holds world records in the 100 meters and 200 meters, competing with everyone from the rest of the world. So earlier on, I was talking about UP being global. You might have said, yeah, but the VC is a big dreamer. But there is, I'm not a big dreamer. There is the evidence before you. Those people were in class here in Hatfield, but they still went on and they completed their degrees. And did very well Mm. in their degrees. So, show me why you you don't think UP is an African global university. We must stop being doubting Thomas's and take up our role as global players. I think one student that's done that very well, I wanted to highlight
0: his story, is David, David Kabwa, the yeah, former SOC yes, no, yes, president.
1: Uh, yes, yes, yeah. So
0: just for listeners that don't know, he has been elected as the South African Ambassador for the 2022, 2022 United Nations Unite 2030 Ambassador Programme. Yes,
1: yes, yes, that's him, yes. I mean, you can, we might be mentioning both of us, and I might remember once you have gone here, yes, several other students that write to me, say, say, you know, this is what I've been nominated to be. And we have academics, I mean, our, our, our professor, Marie Kefenta, leads the World, the World Health Organization investigation into how COVID started. A wow. UP professor, leads the World Health Organization. That's a global body, right? Sure. Here, here in Prinshof, here, that's, here. That's just so students... So people t- who walk around doubting UP, you know, mm. I need to talk to them. <laughs> I'll let them know for you. <laughs> he is, yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's really exciting what UPs has to offer. Yeah. And I think on that note, I think we're going to start bringing our discussion to an end. And
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. Because
0: I'm sure you have plenty of work you have to get off to.
1: Remember, we're global, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We never stop. The world yeah, never no, stops it, turning. Yeah, no, no, yeah. This is, this, this is increasingly becoming the center of the world. So I do just have a few fun questions
0: to end things off with, just a few rapid-fire questions. Just first yeah. thing, first phrase that comes to your mind, um, what is the object you misplace the most?
1: Yeah, my phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you have any hobbies? Do you have time for hobbies? Yeah, yes, yeah. No, I like taking long walks and when I can, I also do hiking. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then also just in Mahalisbeck, there are nice places where you can do horse riding. Ooh, yeah. I might have to go check that out. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, what was your last impulse or feel good buy? Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes.
0: Your last like, impulse purchase, like something you see is like, I really want one of those. Yeah, because
1: I haven't been too much shopping this year, I've been too busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, I can tell you that it, it was a book. A book? Yeah.
0: You, can you remember what book it was? Or mm-hmm. just a book in yeah, general?
1: Yeah, it was about universities in general. I can't remember what general.
0: Okay. And then if you could be a superhero, I mean, you already are a superhero with everything you're managing around here. Mm-hmm. If you could be a superhero, who would you be? Robert Sobukul. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a really cool answer. Mm-hmm. So I think just to conclude things off, thank you so much for joining us today and thank you so much for like the bigger role you're playing in Africa and the mm-hmm. lives of all the students around here. Yeah. and just. Africans in general. Yeah. So as a proud Turks villager um, our slogan is a world-class African residence, mm-hmm. and I'm committed to doing my part to contribute to the positive outlook that we have on Africa in the future. Mm-hmm. So uh, my challenge to all the um, listeners this week is let's be mindful about our daily attitude. Let's focus on being positive and create a more positive Africa in the future. I think you've helped us today to show us how much potential we have on this continent. It we is. don't need to go anywhere else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you so much Prof Cooper, and I shall see everyone next time on the Tux Village Podcast.
1: Okay, wonderful.